0: The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace Richmond Hills. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Can you just celebrate the lover of your soul? Can you just celebrate this God who will not stop at nothing? He won't stop at nothing to show you love. He won't stop at nothing to give and express His love. He won't stop at nothing. Can you just celebrate Him one more? Can you just celebrate Him one more time? We thank you for your love, oh God. We thank you for this love. 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 We couldn't have earned it. We don't deserve it. Yet, you you see, keep pouring it out on us. Thank you for loving us the way we are. Thank you that even when we were yet in sin, you loved us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We don't know how to express this love back to you. But when we ask the Lord, He will help us to express it back to you. The lover of our soul Just celebrating one more time. Thank the one that have kept you from January to June. This is the third day in the month of July. He deserves our praise, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for sustaining life, sustaining breath, sustaining grace in our lives. You alone deserve our praise. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. Are there people in the house who are grateful that God has kept them. I'd like you to give God a big shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Now, I'd like you to turn to somebody. This is the month of love to your left, to your right. Tell them, I just love you. Look look at someone and just tell them, I just love you. With the love of the Lord. Hallelujah. Fragrance of life. The Lord bless you richly. I love you. From the depths of my heart, praise the name of the Lord. You guys are fearfully and wonderfully made. And from the depths of my heart, I love you. Uh, uh, Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, Father, we just thank you. You know, when that song was been, was going on, there were a lot of stuff that was just going on on my mind. There was so much that was going on on my mind. Can you imagine if God had abandoned us? Even many of us who have been many times, many years believers, I see many times that you rebel, you do the wrong thing. And God keeps chasing you. He keeps chasing you. He keeps chasing you. Thank God that God has not left us to our own. Thank God. But do you know that God leaves people to their own? Instead of Ephraim. Ephraim has joined himself. Leave him alone. But thank God that he has not left you. And he will not leave you. In Jesus' mighty name. This is the seventh month of the year, and we're grateful to God for how God has kept us. And seven is a number of perfection. And love is the perfect thing. The Bible says, Be ye perfect as your Father who is in heaven is perfect. But if you look at the text before that, it talks about love. It talks about love. May the love of God, the excellent way, grow deep in our hearts. In Jesus' name. How many people were there on Friday and Saturday, yesterday? Many of you, we didn't see many of you, but those who were here, I'm sure it was a blast. It was a blessing. It was a blessing. It was a blessing. Please, I beg you. You see, when programs are called for like that, let's make our time to be part of it. Because you never can tell what impartation that will change the course of your life. You never can tell. But it was a blessing. And the royals were on fire. The royals were on fire. Hallelujah. Thank you so much Royals and thank you very much also Fragrance of Life for this worship session. It was truly a blessing. Praise the name of the Lord. Now the last Sunday of the month like announced is going to be Vision and Variety Service. Now typically during our Vision and Variety Service is a time where we have service in a a different way. In other words, if you have a song you want to sing, and um, Eddie, have not allowed you to sing before in the choir. Then it's, it's time to sing. Yeah, nobody's going to hold you. You know, the God that made the canaries that can sing also made the toads that can crow. <laughs> so just, 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 just come if you just want to do the... Brody <laughs> is laughing because you know how we're crowing as a man. <laughs> or you have a spoken word. Something you just want to use to render and to give God thanks and appreciation. Or you want to be a one-man drama squad you know and then lift up your leg in the air and then just give it to us please it's a variety service so whatever it is you think will bring god glory and honor um we're going to do it uh, we're going to use that opportunity as well just to share the vision of the church go through the finances as well of the church which is one of the requirements that we're expected to do we've not been able to do it because of covid for the past some years We're also going to go through that We're going to trust God for a great time. And if you have any question at all about the church, whether you're watching online or you're here in person, you can send those questions to info at throneogracecanada.ca. Or you can have an opportunity to ask those questions on the VVS, Vision and Variety Service. I'm sure it's going to be a blessing. Father, we want to thank you as we look into your word. We ask that God in heaven, you will teach us from your word. We ask that, God, you will breathe your life from your word. You said that love is the most excellent way. We want to be able to love like you do. We want to be able to love. The grace and the capacity to love that have been shared in our hearts broadly, we ask that God will expand it. You will deepen it in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, teach us to love. May your name may be praised and glorified. In Jesus' name. Tell somebody again once more, I love you. And tell them, better minute. Uh, better minute. Better minute. Better minute. Better minute. You see, in, in, in the world's view of love, what people think that love is, anytime people think about love, the first thing they begin to think about, oh, romance. That's, that's, that's what the world thinks about. If, if you hear somebody say, now, oh, I really love you. they say, oh, where is it coming from? That is because the world has painted a wrong imagery in our minds as to what love is. Sometimes people take it a little further. And, 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 the, and the picture of love is the picture of sex. But see, love goes beyond that. So, so, so sometimes a young guy comes up and says, to Lady, oh, I really love you. I really love you. I think I've shared the story before, you know, one of the toasting words that I use for my wife. I say, Oh, oh, my darling, oh, my darling. My heart he make it jiggy, jiggy like a little way. Uh, and the, the young people of these days, they say, Oh, what is Pastor talking about? <laughs> you just have to bring a fly, you know. Love is beyond romance. The true, the true love that God defines for us, is not the imagery of sex. It's beyond that. It's deeper than that. Stronger than that. Richer than that. That's what the scripture calls it, the most excellent way. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Oh, you may not have sex, but you see love. There may not be romance, but there's still love. That, that is why when partners marry, if you marry only because of romance, you're making a, mistakes, a mistake. rather. There's something deeper. Because love is a strong affection derived from the giver of love himself. That's why the Bible says that love, the love of God has been shared broadly in our hearts. It's something you extend to someone as a mark of approval. Whether they deserve it or they don't deserve it. That is why it is called unconditional. It's fondness. For someone you care for. But here in the text of scripture, in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12 and verse 31. It says that love is the most excellent way. In other words, it is a journey you need to travel to the right destination. That is the most, the best journey. When you talk about a way, you are talking about a path that leads to a destination. You are talking about a road you travel on. When you talk about a way, you are talking about a manner or a method of living. So if the scripture is saying that the most excellent way to live is the way of love... That means it is all encompassing. And, and scriptures compares it with spiritual gifts. If you back up before then, before this this text of scripture, it says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And and, 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 and in, in chapter 12, I think reading from verse 8 to t- 10, or that about we're not gonna read it because of uh, the brevity of the time that I want, I like to share what I like to share. There are about nine dimensions of gifts that are listed there. That's what they call the power gifts. Power. Power. That's the gifts that does something. It does something. That's a power gift. For instance, the gift of miracles. The workings of miracles, that's power gift. Oh, if if, for instance, somebody comes in here now and then and then just does this sound and everybody falls down. So oh, I like that pastor, man. Look at power. Or, or let's assume that we're having a big meeting and then and then a cripple comes in, and the cripple just jumps up. Say, Wow, that pastor is powerful. But the scripture is saying to you and I that if you demonstrate those power gifts and you don't have love. So it begins to place for us it be, the reality of the importance of love within the context of the things we admire and we look at. That's what they call the revelational gifts. The word of wisdom. The word of knowledge. Discernment of spirit. And it says love is greater than this. Revelational gifts is just the, the gift that reveals something to us. You know, sometimes I ask God, I say, Lord, please just give me the gift of revelation, discernment. You know, because the Bible says that, look, as people were coming, he knew what was in their heart. Can you imagine if God should give you you know, the gift of discernment and then somebody's coming and then say, ah, this is that guy? He's just a wicked man. Some of you, that you cannot give you run. He'll <laughs> be running. And the man was coming, Jesus Christ was to say, ah, An Israelite indeed. Jesus Christ knew him even before he came. So when you were sitting under the tree, I knew you. I knew your thoughts. Can you imagine God to just give somebody and then they reveal some heart of what is going on in people's mind now? (laughs) But but some of us, we cherish such power. But God is saying within the context of comparison that love is better than that. What about the, the, the utterance gifts? Ability to speak in tongues with understanding and interpretation. To prophesy. To speak with so much clarity. Oh, Some of us will love people who are, who, are, who are great communicators. I don't know about it, but I love them. I love them. Sometimes I wonder how did Matthew Luther get get his oratory from. When you listen to some of his speeches, you look, listen to Obama, I like listening to people who have great oratory great greats to speak. They capture the audience. But God is saying within the context of also comparison, there's nothing to be compared with that. He says love is the best. It's the best. It's the best way to live. It is the best thing to look at. In other words, that is the most important journey everyone must desire to make. That's the most important road everyone must desire to travel. That should be the overriding goal in your heart. And that is why scripture calls it in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1. It says, make love your highest goal. I think it's a New Living Translation that puts it that way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. It says, love must be your highest goal. But is it a is it love? Ah, tell me more. Oh, it is, is it a love those who love you? Or those who smile on you, it is easy to love them. But is it easy to love the unlovable? Somebody who you know that, look, is just after your evil. It's after your bad. It's after your... You know it clearly. And then God says to you, love. Says to you, love. It's love is so important in the mind of God. Why? Because God Himself is what is love. Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, God is love. God is love. In other words, the character of God, the nature of God, the life of God. It's all about love. That is why we are standing here, or we are sitting here as the case may be, or you're watching online at home, as the case may be. If God was not loving, we all would have been. have all been gone. They've all been gone. But God is love. And he said, whosoever lives in love, lives in God. In other words, the way to measure your true worth as a believer is if you love like your father. Have you ever seen a father who is proud that his child or her child does not look like him or her? Depending on the parents. There's no, no parent that is proud. Everyone wants their parents or their children to be like them, in terms of character at least. Everyone wants... So if God is love, God is expecting you, creating you, creating me in his image, he wants you and I to exhibit that same love, that character of love, that expression of love. And, and it says that if you love like God... Uh, That means that you are in God, and that God is in you. In other words, if you don't love, you are not in God, and God is not in you. It doesn't matter how much of tongues, how much of prayer, how much of fasting you do. The measure, the true measure of your faith, your Christianity, is in how much love burns in you. How much love. That is what the scripture says that love is the fulfillment of the law. If you look at the Ten Commandments, you realize that about three of it talks about love for God, and about seven of it, or there about, talks about love for others. So, if you can just love God and love others, you have fulfilled the commandments. You fulfill the commandments. That is why it says in Romans chapter thirteen and verse eight. Romans chapter thirteen, verse eight. It gives us a description that don't owe anybody anything. Don't owe anything. Let no man remain. Let no debt remain outstanding, even even including the debt of mortgage. <laughs> God will help us. I don't know. I'm. I'm I feel like digressing. You know, for many of us who came from other Asia, Africa, outside of this North America. We can trust God to buy homes without mortgages. Yes, we do. Many people buy homes without mortgages. Brother Daniel is nodding his, nodding his head. Because even in India, they buy homes without mortgages. But we come to North America. <laughs> Somebody says it is well. We suddenly believe that we can't trust God enough anymore. Friends, I would like to challenge you. Let's trust God. Let's trust God. Let's trust God to come to a place where our debts are fully paid. And your debts will be fully paid in the mighty name of Jesus. But he say, Oh, no man, nothing. Except what? The only debt you are permitted to have is the debt of love. That's the only debt. That's the only debt. Some people, mortgage is not even the issue. Some people is, every month, please. uh, oh boy, can you? And then you borrow, you won't pay back. Bible says it's only the wicked that borrows and don't pay back. In fact, the the reason why there's some divisions or, or, or disagreements or annoyance between people to people is because they took something from me and they don't even care to think about the fact that they're going to return it. And they see me coming And they look the other way. Oh, it has happened to me, not in this church. (laughs) And then sometimes you'll be bawling inside. But doesn't he know that he had to promise me? And you see the person, the person is faceless. His face is dry, no talk, nothing. Listen, the scripture says that it is only love we are permitted to do what to owe as a debt. That is because we can never, ever, ever fully, fully pay the debt of love. Every now and then there will always be a higher bar of demand placed on you to love more. There will always be a higher bar. Oh, you think you have arrived at the level of love? God will say, this is the next level. This is the next level. Because the more you chase after God, the more you realize that the deeper dimensions of love. Deeper dimensions. When you come to a place where what people do to you doesn't matter anymore. Or oh, let them stab you at the back. You take it with a smile and say, Oh, I still love you, you know. Let them insult you, and tell you you are this, you are that. You some of us can't even uh, take a little insult. It's a story that I shared once. How a bus, a vehicle driver, let me not call bus because many people don't understand bus here. But back in Africa, these bus drivers, very rough drivers, one overtook one. And somehow they were doing road rage, driving recklessly. And then the one that overtook the other one turned from the window and stretched out his hand and did like this. What is like this? (laughs) Some some people people understand what like this is. But you see, like this does not make sense. But in the mind of the person, the person is interpreting what this guy is saying. And most times for many of us, people don't say words, but their actions is repelling you. This guy got furious, turned, drove from that block. The other guy, early in the morning, five, I mean, 7 a.m. in the morning, two guys came out from the vehicle and they are fighting each other. Why? They can't even take it. It wasn't even a verbal abuse, it was a non verbal. And for many people hearing the sound of my voice, you can't even stand non verbal abuse, not about, talk about verbal. I can't stand him. If he, if he insults me, I will insult him back. God, no good verse. And they say, oh, we are practicing the law of Moses. Moses said, if, if, if you slap me one high, I do what I slap you back. Oh, the question of balance. It won't take me for a ride. That is not love. It's not love. It's not love. It's not love. Listen, friends. Love is a requirement for eternal life. For many people, we are joking with eternal eternity. It's a requirement. A man came to Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 10 I think t- verse 25. And it says, it says a lawyer came to Jesus. You know, lawyers are very wonderful people. They know how to twist things to whatever <laughs> to whatever dimension they want to... <laughs> I don't want to go to the lawyer's side this morning. <laughs> a certain teacher came to Jesus, and a certain lawyer came to Jesus, and he said he wanted to test him. And he said, teacher, what, does, what should I do? You know that was, What is the requirement to inherit eternal life? Then Jesus Christ said to him, what is your reading of it? What is written in the scriptures? And the Bible says in verse 27 that he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Then Jesus answered him and said, "You have answered rightly. In other words, the, the, what gives you what gives you the the access to eternal life, life forever in heaven, is your love, your love for the Father, your love for others." That is why we must take the principles of love very, very seriously. That is why God says, pursue it, run after it. And see, the the way to know love, because sometimes when we say love, 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 I love you. the question they will begin to say, how does it look like? It doesn't look like sister love. How does it look like? So scriptures begin to now help us understand how it looks like. And I'm going to take one element of what love looks like this morning and then close it and we'll see how God helps us next Sunday. One element that it, and it begins to tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, what love looks like. And in the passion translation, he puts it this way He says, This is the way to identify love. He says Love is large and incredibly patient large, and incredibly patient. Of course, he talks about love is gentle, consistently kind, and on and on. But I like to take that, that, that attribute of, of patience that love is. In other words, he's saying that if you say, I love, then you've got to be a patient person. You've got to be a patient person. You've got to be a patient person. In fact, a great man of God called Lester Samurai, Puts it this way. He says, patience is love on trial. He said patience is love on trial. He said it is love refined and selfishness conquered. That's what patience is. He said, if 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 you struggle with patience, then you're struggling with love. If you struggle with patience, So, you're struggling with love. Oh, and many of us in this day and age, we don't have patience for nothing. You know one way you know? Step on a traffic light when you are rushing, and then the light just stays there. What will you be to say? Oh, when is this light going to go up? When is this light going to go up? And then make a mistake, and after the light turns green, and you stay there, and you're not moving. What the guy who is at your back will do to you. Oh, in this civilized society, they may wait a second before they honk. But in some other civilized society, (laughs) the guy will just pull out and then block you and then say, What is wrong with you? Oh, but many of us don't like to wait. don't wait. Don't like to wait. We don't like to wait. All of us don't like to wait. I walked, went into a bank once and I saw the long line. I said, ah, What is this line doing right here? I My car went. We don't like to wait. But patience is key, friends. And it's a mark and a test of love sometimes. That is why when God began to define the attribute of love, the first thing he presents to you and I is your ability to be patient with the person you say you love. Your ability to be patient. Patience simply means bearing long, bearing pains, bearing trials, and doing them how calmly without complaint. That's what it is. That's what it is. You are able to tolerate it, to take it in. You, you manifest the grace to be tolerant, even under extreme provocation. You can take it. You can take it. You can accept delays. You can accept problems. You can accept sufferings without 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 becoming annoyed and anxious. That's what patience, that's how patience is. That's what it is. And friend, is a great attribute that every lover must have. Whether you're a lover of God or you're a lover of men. It's a great attribute all of us must have. Because loving God does not deny the fact that there will be challenges. But what are you going to do when challenges come? What will you do? Oh, I've, I've had stories before of people who said, oh God has disappointed me. So, I'm gonna do, go and do my thing. Go do my thing. Of course, we've also had stories of people who say, "Oh, somebody has disappointed me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk to him again. Lie, life, for life." Patience is love on trial, and friends. You've got to come to a place where you make up your mind that you are going to do what? You are going to love. You are going to love. And the way to love, therefore, is to do what? Is to practice the ingredients of developing your patience level. You're going to develop it. You're going to develop it. In fact, the scripture tells us that you need patience. That you may do what? That you may obtain the promises. Any promise at all that you want. You need patience. Anyone, think about it. You want a child to change? You need patience. You need a spouse to change? You need patience. You want things to change in your organization? You need patience. You want somebody to change? You need patience. It's critical. That is why it says that you have need of patience after you have done the will of God. That you might do what, that you might inherit the promise. And God is a patient God. He is. he is. He is. He is. So friends, in order to be able to manifest this attribute of love called patience, you're going to make up your mind. You are going to do what you're going to develop, increase your patience level. There are four or five ways to do it. I'll run through one or two or three of them. we will wrap it up there. Develop it. Because the more you develop it, the more you do what? The more you realize that love begins to manifest. The, the first thing to do in order to be able to develop your patience level, in order to be able to love more, is, is that you must even know where you are in your patient cushion, in your patient level. You must know where you are. Are you a patient person? Some will say, well, Pastor, why should I be patient now? Should be they say there's a proverb that says a patient dog. It's no (laughs) bone. Should I be patient now? Should I be patient? But you need to know the level in which you are. There are three dimensions of patience, or three categories, three three sections of patience, but I'm not going to talk about them. One of them is interpersonal. How you deal with one another? What's your patient level there? How you deal with people? Are you quickly irritated? and this happens a lot with spouses your, your husband is talking to you your wife is talking to you so, just quickly finish <laughs> oh and men are quick to snap very quick and the one is wondering why are you snapping now? I'm just telling you something important you are snapping snapping Many of us can't stand each other. Why? Impatience. Patience. Oh, easily, many of us, we blow our fuse between ourselves. Have you seen people before who are married or who, who, who just flare up the handle? They throw caution into the wind and they see unprintable things. If you look down deep down the line, it is not what was done or said that is the issue, it's patience that is the underlying factor. interpersonal level of patience. The other dimension of patience is is hardship level of patience. Life can be hard. That's the truth. But what do you do when life's hardness hits you? Are you going to be patient with God? And for someone listening to me, maybe as if you're going through one season of seasons of seasons of hardness or hardship, you're wondering when will this one come over? Sometimes people we'll get into a depression because of hardness of life. Are you going to be patient? You're going to be patient. Of course, the third dimension of patience is the daily challenges of patience. The ups and the downs. The daily hassles of life. Facing a traffic situation. Facing long lines. Facing 401 and the like. <laughs> Somebody told me the course of the week that uh, people are traveling more 407 now because of 401. Even those of us who came from countries where there were terrible traffics, where you can stay five hours, six hours on the, on the road, going home or coming to work. Now when we face four when we're complaining. Daily hassles. Daily hassles. Daily hassles of when things are not adding up. The ups and downs of it. But for friends, irrespective of what level you are, you can increase. You can develop. You can you can work up yourself to become a better person in terms of your patience level. And that is a, that takes me to the next point. Every level of patience you have can be improved on. So you got to do what? Work on it. Tell somebody work on your patience. Tell somebody else work on it. You see, practicing patience by letting love rule your life is one way to develop your patience level. Work on it. Work on it. Hebrews 10:36. They say you need it. You need patience. You need it. So you've got to do or you're going to work on it. Tell yourself, I can do it. I can do it. I can do all things. You see, the scripture that says I can do all things, Philippians 4, verse 13, is not only to claim good jobs. Oh, I can do all things. Can get the best of jobs. Can get the best of this. It also includes. I can do love. I can do patience. I can't. I can't. I can do it. So when things are boiling up in your heart, you say to yourself, I can do it, Israel. I can do it. I can, do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So work on it, friends. And one way to work on it is, is to pray about it. Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. And the Bible says if you desire it, you do what you ask God. The Holy Spirit gives it to us. I'll talk about it later on. But you can ask God for it. You can tell yourself, I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to exercise more patience. You're going to internalize it into yourself and say to yourself, and say to God, Lord, I know I can do this. I know I can do this. Oh, I know I can stand this. I know I can stand that. I know I can do it. I know I can do it. You know, one fastest way to kill a quarrel in the house, fastest way, is if one person is raving, talking, person is just jiving. One way to do kill it is no talk. But inside you may be boiling. You be boiling. I can do it. Before you know what is happening, the person runs out of steam. What provokes more steam is the charcoal you are putting into the fire. I don't know why you're always doing like this. Doing like what? <laughs> That's how you did the other day. And so, everybody does it. Who is everybody? Your mother does it. <laughs> you know, sometimes, some men are quick to put small charcoal in the fire. And then the woman flares up and you're wondering why is she flaring up? It's the charcoal you're putting in the fire that making this thing to stir up. But just make up your mind. I will say nothing. I can do it. I can accommodate insults. Patience. You will realize that the fire will die down. Very soon, if she keeps talking and talking she won't know when to say, ah, the man is not going to me. Let me go keep quiet. Oh, I practiced it several times that is why for me one way to, to 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 that god had helped me to manage what they call anger issues is that when you're angry say nothing and it's a principle i i I've, I've trusted god and i'm still trusting god to help me to abide and walk with so when things you know irritate me i may say one word after word that keep quiet. If I am quiet in that environment and there are still things boiling up rather than for me to say something, I take a walk. That's what they say you know, in popular palace, if the kitchen is too hot, don't stay there. Because the more you stay there, you'll be burnt. You do what? You take a walk. You walk out of the kitchen. You can walk on it, friends. If, if you don't walk on it, then God is going to produce trials that will work it for you. Because he loves you. I don't like that part. Yeah. Know what the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 2? He said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Produces patience. In other words, if you take up the responsibility of being, you know, working on it, then God reduces the type of challenges that he will send to you. But if you refuse, hey, 40 years in the wilderness. You pass through the first year. Uh, this guy has not learned patience yet. Okay, one more round. Go round. He gives you the next trial. Say, uh, he has not learned anything. He's still abusing the husband. Go around. He gives you one morning's trial. Oh, he can't, he can't even still accommodate his friends. When your you are going around the circle, you don't know why you're not making progress. It is because God is doing what? God is placing you on trial. So that at the end of the day, when he brings you to the height he wants to take you to, you will have enough patience to be able to reflect the glory and to carry the glory. May God help us. Fourth thing is that you need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. It's a gift that comes by the Holy Spirit. It's a gift that comes. The Bible in me, fruit of the Spirit rather. The Bible says in Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two. It's about the fruit of the Spirit. It talks about love. It talks about peace. It talks about you know joy, and it talks about long suffering. That is that is what that is patience. In other words, the Holy Spirit can produce that fruit in you. What you only need to do is to cultivate a deeper relationship with him. In other words, you want more patience, the Holy Spirit is the source. He's the source. Stay connected to him. Stay connected to him. The Passion Translation of Galatians 5.25 puts it this way. It says, if the Spirit is the source of our life, We must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. Friends, it is time we begin to listen to the nudgings of the Spirit of God for every time, for every situation. Some people have made up their mind, oh, I'm not going to love her, I'm not going to love him. Why? Let the Spirit of God nudge you. Let him nudge you. What did he do? What did she do that you can love? Oh, Israel, you don't understand. You don't understand. If you're wearing my shoes, you won't talk like this. Flip it around. What if God decides to say, okay, I'm not going to love you. Because every one of us at our best was still worthless before God. How many times have God told us to do this? Do we do it? And has he taken, you know, a long stick to chase after you? Has he said he will not forgive you? Meanwhile, the moment you come before him and say, Lord, please forgive me. He you with an open hand. So can't you as a son and a daughter of God. That is what your father wants you to do. He wants you to imbibe his nature, his lifestyle, his character. And the Holy Spirit can help you. Just ask the Holy Spirit, please help me here. I know it is tough for me, but help me here. Help me here. God pray with him to help you. Because the last point. For the sake of my time. You need to look up to Jesus. Jesus is our model. For patience, so it's also a model for love. The more you look up to him, the more you see the patience that is a walk in him. And you want to become and act like him. The Bible says, "Looking unto Jesus, the Author and the Finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he decided to do what he decided to endure." The cross. The, the message translation puts it this way. He said he could put up with anything along the way. In other words, he made up his mind. Friends, talk to somebody to your left, to your right. Make up your mind. Tell them, make up your mind. Be ready to put up with anything. 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 Anything, anything. including shame, including insult, including abuse. Including intimidation. Anything. Now, for spouses, I'm not saying you should put up with physical abuse, yeah. eh, and that's the truth. In fact, there's an extent of verbal abuse. I will also recommend that you should not put up. Counseling with a lady. Not in this church. Who is very far away from here. And there had been so much verbal abuse that he ended up in the hospital. He stayed close to one month in the hospital. And every true believer, listening and listening closely, everything, life and death, the Bible says that the power of the tongue, mind what you say, if you're a true believer. God has not called you into your home to run down your spouse. No. Oh, she she's just a this, she's just a that. I don't know what, the, what kind of words they say. But whatever words you say, it is wrong. It's not Christianly. Not Christianly. Even the society in which we live in knows that it's not our right. Not to talk about the kingdom of God. You know it's not right. And that is why if you die nine one one, with ease, they will come and bundle the guy out of the house, or the, the woman, or the man out of the house. But of course. The first thing they do is that they bundle the man. So man, be careful. Wise up. Wise up. Wise up. Not not to talk of men that go to the extent of doing physical abuse. Those ones are no men. They're no men. How can you say you're a man? You're lifting up your hand to beat the creature that God has created. How can you say you're a man? And What is even most annoying is that the woman will keep quiet. looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, will Jesus standing in your position as a man or a woman, will he, will he verbally abuse someone? Will he? Will he verbally or physically even molest anyone? Not, not Christ. Not, not, not the Christ that I read about. Not him. And it's our model. It's our standard. He's the way to go. Hear what Jesus Christ says. It says love is the greatest commandment. It says love each other. The way I've loved you. John chapter 15 verse 12. It says, it says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 44. They say to you love your enemy. And this is Jesus Christ speaking. Look around. Do you have any enemy around? Or people you don't talk with? Just look around a bit. Are there people you don't talk with. You know what God says? He said, "Even that brother, that sister, you don't talk with. Say, love him. Love him. Say, love him. Say, bless those who curse you. You know that was also you. You think, oh, this person is always cursing me. God is saying, do what? Bless him. Bless him. You no, know, there's there's a blessing that is a cost. Sure, you know." Yeah, there are some people who say, uh, somebody's causing you, and uh, you, 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 they say, what well, you say it that is it, interpreted as a curse. That's not the kind of blessing that God is talking about. From Genuinely from the depths of your heart. Why? Because it, course, a curse without a curse cannot alight. So why are you bothering yourself? Why are you bothering yourself? It's worse, but it turns around. Why? It does not have any reason to stay in your life. Anybody say what they want to say, cost as long as they wish to cost. David said, if God have not given them permission, why will he why will he not cost? Talking about this <laughs> shume May God help us to love. May God help us to love. First Corinthians 14:1 says, Love is the highest goal. So you gotta make up your mind. Love is the way to live, is the way to live. Make up your mind from today, that is the way I'm going to live. That is the way I'm going to live because that is the best way. That is the way I'm going to lead my children because that is the best way. That is the way to true greatness. That is the best way. I may look like a fool, but I've made up my mind. I will love. May God give you grace to love. Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to today's word, and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to infothroneofgracecanada.ca. The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives, establishing His kingdom.